0: Hello again, from me, Reverend Bill Barnstormer, here at the First Militarized Church of Science Fiction. Today's message for you all is from the Book of Jargon, Canto 9. Because this pushes us in the vector of being able to react to warfighter needs more quickly. And you know, that's the reason today for my profoundly thankful thank you for the new weaponless weapon named X-37B after the bride's mother, which seeks no offensive capabilities whatsoever, but instead supports technology risk reduction, experimentation, and operational concept development jargon. And you know, Today, I'd also like to say thank you for the persistent situational awareness of the Joint Unconventional Warfare Task Force Execute Order, which makes darn sure that our Defense Department can't be caught flat-footed, and certainly might get the whole Muslim community and, and all their Arab friends from Pakistan all riled up. Well, write soon for your free book to keep and protect with your unconcealed sidearm. Restore a compassion-free America, as told uh, Anne Rand and Rand Paul. And I bet you never knew they was related like that, did you? You Just send a postcard with the words, Drill'em, baby, drill'em, to big, tall, immense, electrified, Fence Texas zip. And this is Reverend Bill.
1: Please say thank you for that. Amber Bramble had to scramble to arrange summer plans for her five- and seven-year-old daughters after their suburban Kansas City school district gutted its summer school program this spring. Gee, that happened to me a couple of years ago in California. I was running an after-school program, and just after the big crash in October of 8, they took away all after-school money. Yeah, across the country, districts are cutting summer school because it's just too expensive to keep. The cuts started uh, when the recession began and have worsened, affecting more children and more essential programs that help struggling students. The cuts come even as President Barack Obama and Education Secretary Arne Duncan call for longer school days and shorter summer breaks. But in many states, states districts cutting summer school outnumber those using stimulus money to expand their offerings. So we're contracting our summer school programs. And this is disastrous for people who are trying to keep jobs, particularly single parents. At a time when we need to work harder to close achievement gaps and prepare every child for college and career, cutting summer school is the wrong way to go, Duncan said in a written statement. Well, uh, that's quite true. I mean, but who who gets the shaft first? Always the kids. An American Association of School Administrators found that 34% of respondents are considering eliminating summer school for the 2010 2011 school year. That's a rate that has roughly doubled each year, from 8% in 2008 2009 to 14% in 2009 and 2010. You can't imagine what a hardship it is to suddenly not have any place to send your child or your children during the summer while you're trying to earn a job. It is, as we'll see in a moment, the road to welfare. And it's not even paved with the government's good intentions. Able-bodied, outgoing, and accustomed to working, Alexandria Wallace wants to earn a paycheck. Hey, but that requires someone to look after her three-year-old daughter. And Ms. Wallace, a 22-year-old single mother, cannot afford childcare. So this is the double whammy, right? No child care and no summer school. So, Alexandria recently lost her job as a hairstylist after her improvised network of babysitters frequently failed her, forcing her to miss shifts. She qualifies for a state-run subsidized child care program, but like many other states, Arizona has slashed that program over the last year, relegating Mrs. Wallace's daughter, Alaya, to a waiting list of nearly 11,000 eligible children. So she stands behind 10,999 other children who have been denied child care. Why? Despite a substantial increase in federal res- support for subsidized child care, which has enabled some states to stave off cuts, others have trimmed support and most have failed to keep pace with the rising, ever rising costs, okay, and waiting lists. Only two kinds of families are reliably securing aid, those under the supervision of Child Protective Services, which looks after abuse and neglect cases, and those receiving cash assistance. Child Abuse and Welfare. The only road to getting child care. Ms. Wallace abhors the thought of going on cash assistance, a station she associates with lazy people who con the system. Yet this has become the only practical route towards child care. So, on a recent afternoon, she waited in a crush of beleaguered people to submit the necessary paperwork. Her effort to avoid welfare through work has brought her to welfare's door. Hmm. How ironic. It doesn't uh, make sense to me. She says, I fall back to, I can't say being a low life, but being like the typical person living off the government. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to use this as a backbone so I can develop my own backbone. We're really reneging on a commitment and a promise that we made to families, says Patty Siegel, executive director of the California Childcare Resource and Referral Network, an advocacy organization. You can't expect a family with young children to get on their feet and get jobs without child care. Absolutely correct. And Ron Haskins, a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution, says we're going the wrong way. He was a Republican congressional aide and was instrumental in shaping welfare changes. He said the direction public policy should move is is to provide more of these mothers with subsidies, to tell people that the only way they can get daycare is to go on welfare defeats the purpose of the whole thing. You think? In many low-income working families, child care is one of the largest expenditures after housing. Among families with working mothers and incomes below the poverty line, which is $18,310 for a family of three, child care absorbs nearly a third of total household budgets according to census data. A third of their budget goes into child care. This is insane. This is criminal. Soak the rich. Come back from Afghanistan. We need the money for our single moms. The social security net has always been in patches, and now it's more afraid, said Helen Blank, Director of Leadership and Public Policy at the National Women's Law Center. For a single mom, it's a lottery in many states, whether she gets child care or not.
2: Rocks peeling out of your driveway. Your brain locks, cause you always take the wrong way. When you're gonna learn, when your tears are falling sideways, you can't win at the game of love. So you think you're gonna talk about your sorrow. You decide you better wait till tomorrow, cause I ain't. And gonna hate win at the game of love, tried everything, the whole wide world but always turns out the same, it might look like a brand new day, but it's the same old game, you might as well be a necromancer. Everybody knows you ain't got the answer. How to win at the game of love. game sometimes you gotta start little commotion if you want that sweet emotion cause I ain't no magic potion gonna help you win at the game of love you're driving your car out on the highway say to yourself I'm gonna do this my way Cause I ain't no chance to help me Gonna win
1: Okay, we've been down the road to welfare. Now Peter Boone and Simon Johnson will take us down the road to economic serfdom. According to Frederick von Hayek, the development of welfare socialism after World War II undermined freedom and would lead Western democracies inexorably to some sort of state-run serfdom. Hayek was a conservative um, economist. He was in what they called the Austrian school. In any case, he believed that welfare socialism was going to do us in. Hayek had the sign and the destination right, but was entirely wrong about the mechanism. Unregulated finance, the ideology of unfettered free markets, and state capture by corporate interests are what ended up undermining democracy both in North America and in Europe. All industrialized countries are at risk, but it's the eurozone with its vulnerable structures that points most clearly to our potentially unpleasant collective futures as a result of the continuing euro crisis you know it's at an all-time low it fell two cents overnight that's insane european central bank now finds itself buying up the debt of all the weaker eurozone governments making it the perhaps unwittingly feudal boss of europe In the coming years, it will be the ECB and the European Union who dictate policy. The policy elite who run these structures, along with their allies in the private sector, are the new overlords. Sounds like a video game. Yeah, it's the video game, We Don't Win. We can argue about who exactly are the peasants, the vassals, and the lords under this model and what services exactly will end up being exchanged, but there is no question we are seeing a sea change in the post-war system of property, power, and prosperity across Western Europe, just as Hayek feared. An overwhelming debt burden will bring down even the proudest people— not just Europe. You talk about a sea change in in property, power, and prosperity. You're looking right here at the United States. You have a middle class that is being squeezed into non-existence. You have disparities in income that are obscene and getting more and more obscene, but that's the kind of pornography we don't legislate against. The ECBEU approach will not, of course, return countries to reasonable levels of growth. The debt overhang is simply too large. The southern and western periphery of the Eurozone cannot grow out of their debts under these arrangements, and so will stumble from stabilization program to stabilization program just like Latin America did during the 1980s. This is bound to be acrimonious, leading to hostile politics, social unrest, and more economic crisis. And it isn't long before it comes here. You'll see. We won't have the money to do justice to our people, and it's going to cause real upset, and and it's going to cause a, a need for tremendous change, whether we're able to make that a spiritual change and a social change rather than just a change in power. Well, that that really will test the character of the American people. The currently preferred messy solution of the EU leaves the world at risk of shocks like we observed recently. This particular iteration may blow over, but another will arise when there is a backlash in Athens or Dublin or Lisbon or, heaven forbid, Madrid or Rome or Berlin. Meanwhile, rational market participants are selling debt of risky nations and getting out of the euro. The whole fiasco is now leading to a messy shift away from risky assets all around the world, and the cost to the world of such volatility is not small. Debt peonage looms for a wide range of countries that were recently thought immune to serious fiscal crisis, including the United States and the United Kingdom.